0: Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim <coughs> Alhamdulillah was salatu was salamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man waalah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless you all and bless us all amin ya Rabbil Alameen. alamin. Uh, brothers and sisters just before the break uh we discussed the stages uh of our prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam's dawa and uh now I just want to traverse through some of the names of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam remember we just uh, have a run through and i said i'll keep it specific to certain things pertaining to him sallallahu uh, ibn al qayyim in, in, in his original writing actually mentions these names and then has specific uh, sections pertaining to each name uh, and explains them and um, there are books dedicated towards the names of rasulullah sallallahu and uh, the evidences related to these names and um uh the meanings of these names and why he he deserved uh you know these names, and they're absolutely fascinating books. Um, I'm not sure uh, of there being any book in the English language. Allah knows best. If somebody has come across anything, please uh, share this with me. but in the, in, 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 in the Arabic uh, sort of arena, um, there are many books, and subhanallah, I tell you, you cannot help but tear. When you read these type of books and you know become even more amazed about the messenger uh Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So this is perhaps encouragement for those who haven't learned Arabic to learn, right? Because there's so many books that you can gain access to, uh, mashaAllah. Maybe in the future we can run a program dedicated to the names of the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Um, all the names of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam um are descriptive ones. They're descriptive ones, right? Um, they're not just uh, proper names without meanings. They carry uh, noble meanings. Noble meanings. And I spoke. I mentioned to you the name Muhammad, right, which was given to him by his grandfather, and uh, he actually gave him that name because he hoped that he would be the praised one. And we know that we have the name Ahmed, um, which. Uh, Isa salam uh, mentioned regarding uh, the Prophet and, and, and he being the Prophet that will come after him. Uh, and this refers to uh, Ahmed, the one who is uh, the most praised, right? Or he's he's even more praised, right? And and they both these two words come from uh, the, the root uh, letters, Ha, Meem, and Dal, Hamd, which refers to praise, which refers to praised. Now obviously, when we talk about the praise for Allah, then this is not just any praise as we discussed last week. Uh, the praise for Allah is, is specific and, 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 and uh, a praise that is coupled with love and and exaltation. But nonetheless, in terms of the name Muhammad, it refers to the praised one, Al-Ahmed, the one who is even more praised, right? Um, and these are two common names because Ahmad is mentioned in the Qur'an uh, and even Muhammad is mentioned in the Qur'an. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says Muhammadur Rasulullah. Uh, from the names of Rasulullah sallam is Al-Mutawakkil and al mahi and Al-Hashir and Al-Aqib and al muqaffi and Nabi-Tawbah, and Nabi-Ar-Rahmah, and Al-Fatih, and al amin These are just some names. Let me repeat them for for, for Hisham so you can stick them on the whiteboard for the benefit of everybody. So from the names is Al-Mutawakkil, and Al-Mahi, and Al-Hashir, and Al-Aqib and Al-Muqafi, Al-Muqafi, then Nabi at and Nabi Ar-Rahma, and Al-Fatih, and al Amin. And again, these are just uh, some of the names of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Al-Mutawakkil refers to uh, the one who was most complete in terms of putting his trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The most complete uh, in terms of putting his trust in uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So uh, Allah says, وَعَلَى اللَّهِ so Allah tells us that um, in Allah do the believers place their trust, and do those who place their trust, place their trust. They place it in uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was uh, the most complete in terms of putting his trust uh, in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the most complete. And we know al-Qur'an, his character was the Qur'an. Uh, then al-mahi refers to the eradicator, um, and the one who removes uh, falsehood, and removes misguidance, right? And removes that which um, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala dislikes, and removes uh, that which the previous Uh, nations changed in terms of their revelation and also the one who comes with that which uh, abrogates abrogates the previous um, revelations, right? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam the Qur'an and the Qur'an is described as al-muhaymin. عَلَيْهِ All right? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describe, describes the Qur'an as المهيمن, uh, We can uh, loosely translate it as the Overwhelmer. So the Qur'an overwhelms previous uh, revelation. right? So everything that the Qur'an uh, cites which is different to what came before, then uh, we look at what the Qur'an says and we consider the Qur'an to have abrogated that which came uh, before. So this is al Mahi. Al-Hashir refers to the gatherer. Um, He gathers people upon goodness in this life. And um, uh, the people will gather around him on the day of Qiyamah, his Ummah. And he will have the most people gathered around him because he will have the greatest Ummah. Right? Um, This is what Al-Hashir refers to. This is what Al-Hashir refers to. Then we have... Al-Aqib. Al-Aqib refers to the last prophet. Right? Or the one that comes uh, at the end of the other prophet. He's the one who came after. So he's right at the end. And uh, the same applies to Al-Muqaffi. It refers to uh, the one who is the seal. Or the seal of prophets. Al-Muqaffi refers to like uh, the the one who closes prophethood, seals it. And we know that Rasulullah صلى الله عليه وسلم is the seal of uh, all prophets. And then we have Nabi'u Tawbah. And Nabi Ar-Rahmah, he's he's the prophet of repentance, and he's the prophet of mercy. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala described him as merciful to the believers, and he's the prophet that will beg Allah to shower upon uh, his ummah mercy, and he begged Allah to shower uh, Allah's mercy on the ummah before he even passed away, and he will intercede uh, on behalf of this ummah um, at the throne of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the day uh, of qiyamah on the day of Qiyamah. And um, this is Rasulullah sallallahu sallam. So Nabi tawbah Nabi al-Rahmah, the Prophet of Repentance and the Prophet of Rahmah. Indeed, he asked Allah to forgive this Ummah and to protect this Ummah, right? So he's the Prophet of Repentance. And we do know that uh, repentance was a mighty gift to the Ummah of Rasulullah sallam In that uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, for those who did the major sins, Allah uh, placed a tawbah right, for the major sins, right? And uh, if a person practices tawbah, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would forgive this person and remove the record of that major sin off his records. And this wasn't exactly the case with Banu Israel or, or the nations that came before us. Right? Um, when they did a major sin, um, sometimes the repentance entailed them killing themselves. Right? So uh, this was a mercy from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon the Ummah. And that's why he's known as Nabiul Rahman, Nabiul Tawbah, that he came with a specific mercy, and he came with Tawbah, this concept of repentance, that the Ummah Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa enjoys. That when they do a major sin, they have Tawbah to redeem themselves. Istighfar is generally there for the minor sins, but for the major sins to be accepted, as we've discussed earlier, the concept of, uh, sorry, to be forgiven, for the major sins to be forgiven, forgive me brothers and sisters, for the major sins to be forgiven, the concept of tawbah has to come into play, and tawbah is an act of worship that has its conditions, and has its pillars, and has its processes. Right? That is uh, uh, a Tawbah. Thus, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is Nabiyya Tawbah. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is Al-Fatih because indeed he is the opener uh, to Jannah, and no one will enter Jannah before him, sallallahu alayhi wa and he is al amin he is the trustworthy one, he never uh, did any disservice or injustice to revelation, rather uh, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, revealed to us the message uh, with uh, integrity and honesty, as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala requested him to do. And that's why Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to be a witness, right? Uh, Be a witness after he uh, revealed or delivered uh, the final sermon, after he delivered the final sermon. So these are uh, some of uh, the names of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Now, there's some names of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that are... Specific to him, to him, in terms of meaning, in terms of meaning, like Muhammad, like Ahmed, like Al-Aqib, like al hashir like uh, Al-Muqaffi. Right? Uh, these are specific to him in terms of of meaning. Meaning uh, the most complete meaning that can come with this term when applied to human being only belongs to Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi Right? Nobody can call themselves Muhammad. And claim to be the praised one as Muhammad was praised. Right? Nobody can do this. And um, there are certain names that we should avoid. It's dislike for us to name our children. Why? Because it's not true. Like, for example, uh, Rusul or Rasul, Right? To name your child a Rasul. Even though linguistically, we, we, people who deliver the post are also known as messengers, they, they deliver our post. But generally, we don't name our children Rasul intending people who deliver the post, right brothers and sisters? We call them Rasul with, with the title messenger, God sent. And this is not true. So, we should avoid those names that um, um, you know that really do not offer a fair description to the uh, to to the person being called that name, even though we don 't use it as a description. we use it as a noun i 'm not saying we should start changing our names uh, for those who already have those names or name their children with those names and understand and explain it to people that we're just citing it as a noun, not as the description right it doesn 't mean that if somebody 's name is Rasul that uh, they are described as God sent. No, they're just carrying it as a noun uh, without the descriptive intent. Uh, we said with Rasulullah wasallam, his names are descriptive and the descriptive intent is meant. They're not just names without meaning because that wouldn't be befitting for Rasulullah wasallam. because a name without meaning actually lacks perfection. Perfection is in the name along with its meaning. Right When you call Rasulullah Al-Mutawakkil, or you say from his name, he says, he is his the Mutawakkil, and you intend the meaning, not just the noun without the meaning. right? Because if you don't intend the meaning, this takes away from the completeness of the term. Right? I'm just going into a bit of uh, theology here in terms of the discussion. But I just want you to understand um, that when we give this name to Rasulullah sallallahu we intend the description more than just the name. And when we give it to people, yes, we intend the name more than the description. Or oh, I hope that is the case. And it has to be the case, my dear brothers and sisters, because then that would become a lie. If somebody, uh, for example, names their child Kalimullah, Kalimullah, the one who, who speaks to Allah and Allah speaks to, then this is incorrect in terms of description. But if somebody just names it as a noun to highlight that Musa was Kalimullah, then we say that even then it's disliked for you to, give this, uh, to share this name uh, with your child. So we must understand that there's names of the Prophet wasallam that are specific to him, definitely in terms of meaning. And no, no even other prophet shared it, shared it. Like no other prophet was called Al-Aqib. No other prophet was called Al-Hashir. No other prophet was called Al-Muqaffi. No other prophet was called Muhammad and, and meant in meaning. And Ahmed and meant in meaning. Indeed, he's the most praised, more praised than the other prophets. Um, uh, and uh, he has specifics that Allah has given him that no other prophet uh, will have. As, as we said, he will be the opener. Uh, to the gates of Jannah. Then we have meanings that um, other Prophets share with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa in terms of, of uh, the descriptive uh, meaning, right? Uh, like for example, uh, Nabi, like for example, Abd, like for example, Rasul, like for example, Ashahid, shahid uh, Al-Mubashir, al Nadir, Nabi Ar-Rahma, right? Um, these are shared, these are shared. Uh, even Nabi Toba uh, is shed because we know that Isa alayhi salam came with with laws that were a completion to that which Musa alayhi uh, salam came with. Right uh, when we talk about the Gospels um, uh, in modern day, so we there are some names that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam has that other prophets had as well. Right, like Nabi, other prophets were titled with the title Nabi, other prophets were titled with the title Rasul. Other Prophets were titled with the title of Ashahid, the witness, the one who, who, who is a witness over the people and them receiving the message. We know that uh, Isa salam will be questioned on the day of Qiyamah, right, regarding what he said to his people and the people's response to his message. Uh, like Al-Mubashir, the, bring, the bringer of glad tidings. This wasn't specific to Rasulullah wasallam. Allah says, mubashirina wa Or the warner. Right? The warner was also a term shared between Rasulullah sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and other prophets. Allah says, messengers that brought glad tidings and um, uh, warned. Right, uh, So this wasn't specific to the messenger sallallahu Alaihi It was shared by uh, other prophets. Uh, messengers and other uh, Prophets. So this is with regards to the names of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Then, let's move on to the children of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. With regards to the children of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, blessed him with um, with many children, alhamdulillah. Um, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also tested him sallallahu alayhi wa sallam with making all his children pass away in his lifetime besides one. And that was Fatima uh, radhiyallahu anha who passed away six months after Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam passed away. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam gave her that glad tiding uh, that she will be the first to join him after he leaves sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. May Allah gather us with him in Jannah. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tested his messenger sallallahu uh, His first child, um, as many of the scholars of, of Sirah mentioned, was Al-Qasim. Al-Qasim. And uh, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa had this kunya. Uh, known as, uh, or he was known as Abu al-Qasim, the father of Al-Qasim. This is known as a kunya, which is common in Arabia. Right, So if a person has a child uh, called Abdullah, instead of calling that person by his first name, you call him Abu Abdullah, the father of Abdullah. So Rasulullah was uh, called Abu al-Qasim, the father of al-Qasim, and that was his first name. Uh, child, and this child passed away uh, as uh, you know, um, at a very young age. At a very young age, some historians say that he passed, He actually lived till the point that he was able to mount um, a riding animal. Uh, and Allah Subhanahu wa Taala knows best. But many historians say that no, he he passed away as uh, a young boy. And then he had uh, Zainab. He had uh, Zainab. And um, some scholars say Zaynab came before Al-Qasim, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. So then he had Zaynab, and then he had Ruqayya, and then he had Um Kulthum, and then he had Fatima. Right? Um, uh, these were the daughters of Rasulullah sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And after that, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi Wasallam was blessed with Abdullah. With Abdullah. And the uh, the scholars of Sirah differ whether Abdullah was born before he became a prophet or after he became uh, a prophet. But what seems more correct and Allah knows best, and this is the view supported by Ibn al-Qayyim that uh, he was actually born after prophethood. So even after Rasulullah became a prophet, Allah tested him. right, and. Um, some of the scholars actually uh, say, as we know, one of the children, children of Rasulullah was titled with the title At-Tayyib and At-Tahir. and at So some say that at and at which is uh, the pure and the clean, um, these were the titles of this particular child, uh, Abdullah. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. And then after Abdullah came Ibrahim. Came Ibrahim, and it is said that Ibrahim was born in Medina, right? And Ibrahim was born uh, to Maria al-Qibtiiya, Maria al So uh, these are the children of Rasulullah sallallahu wa wasallam, and and it's it is said that he was actually or um, Ibrahim was born in the eighth year after Hijrah, right? And um, as, as I said, all the children of Rasulullah passed away in his life, uh, except Fatima. Except Fatima, uh, she died six months after. Now, we do know that all the children were also given to Rasulullah via uh, his wife Khadija, uh, عنها, besides besides uh, obviously Ibrahim, right, which Allah gave to Rasulullah via Maria al-Qibdiyyah. Uh, so, uh, and also Ibrahim passed away when he was young. And there's the famous narration where uh, Rasulullah s.a.w. said, إِنَّ الْعَيْنَ لَتَدْمَعُ وَإِنَّ الْقَلْبَ لَيَحْزَنُ وَلَا naqulu إِلَّا مَا يُرْضِ اللَّهِ That indeed the eye tears and the heart is sad, but we do not say anything except that which is pleasing to Allah. And the scholars have d- uh, derived from this narration that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will not hold us accountable for that which you and I call human nature. Human nature, to feel sad. auṣāf Al- Jibiliya. Al- 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 right, uh, feeling sad, crying, Allah will not hold us accountable, will not make us sinful, and will not consider us being sad as a means of lacking trust in Allah, or lacking belief in Allah. No, my dear brothers and sisters. So this is not the case. But Allah will hold us accountable for what we say and what we do. And that's why Rasulullah Wasallam said that we will not say anything except that which is pleasing to Allah. Because when we say something, then uh, Allah will hold us accountable based on what we say, right? And when we do something, some people start wailing and they start tearing their clothes and they start running like mad people up and down and so on and so forth. They lose their minds when they start behaving in this fashion. Then Allah will hold us accountable based on what we do and what we uh, say, right? Um, So the scholars have deduced this important point, And I think it's important for us to share it with the brothers and sisters here. Because, you know, a lot of the time this happens, somebody passes away, we lose a job, uh, things happen, we, we feel sad. And some people say, no, you shouldn't cry and you shouldn't show sadness. This is a sign that, you know, uh, you, you're lacking trust in Allah and this is incorrect. It's human nature to cry. In fact, if you don't cry, then there's something wrong with you. There's something wrong with you. And this could lead to a mental depression, may Allah protect. Right? Allah has created this body and tears uh, have a means of reducing stress. Right? And Allah knows best that the process of crying is, is therapeutic to many a people. We see people who subhanAllah, they go through extreme difficulty and when they cry, just because they cried a little bit, they feel better. So crying is from human nature. Allah created us, it's part and parcel of us. And it's incorrect to tell people not to tear. It's incorrect to tell people not to cry. Especially children, especially children. A child might lose their father, might lose their mother. They might be 8 years old, 9 years old, 10 years old. where They have this ability to understand and miss people. And now they're seeing their, their parent has passed away. And, and from the child's perspective, they're going to miss them. Yes, the child knows about Jannah. And maybe we taught the child about Jannah. But the reality is he's still a child. He, he understands that he's, going to, he's missed this person. Right? And then what happens is some people when the child is there crying, we say, no, don't cry. I've actually heard adults tell children, don't cry because your mother will will not be happy or your mother will feel more hurt. And this is incorrect, brothers and sisters. This is incorrect advice. This is wrong advice. This is is cultural, not Islamic. By no means and way and form. No. No, I I was uh, at a funeral um, uh, last, subhanallah, uh, last September. Right? So, uh, a young uh, sister passed away. She was 32 years old or 33 years old. SubhanAllah, she had this abnormal condition. May Allah grant her a grave, which is a garden from Jannah. And may Allah grant her Jannah. And may Allah protect her and shower ease upon her, her her two daughters and her husband. She left two daughters. Uh, very young, I think uh, six-year-old or seven-year-old and eight or nine-year-old. Uh, two, 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 two girls. And uh, I happened to be in Zimbabwe. I arrived from one of my trips. And um, she passed away, she had an abnormal situation when she gave birth to her second child. um, Her heartbeat sort of lost synchronization uh, with her lungs, right, with her lungs. Subhanallah, very rare uh, situation, may Allah protect us and there's no real way of curing it. So basically the stress of birth um, caused her heartbeat to sort of come out of sync with, the, lung, with the, uh, the, the lungs, right? And those who are doctors here, I'm not sure if we have any doctors, will probably be able to, or will definitely explain this better than me, but this is what I understood, this was the condition. So what would happen is, uh, sometimes the heart would send blood to the lungs, but it wouldn't collect the oxygen. Which means that even while she's sitting, she would get out of breath, because the heart would have to work faster. So basically her heart is outliving her age, it's working faster than it should. Uh, and then, obviously, you have to take medic. The, the only way, you, the only thing you can do here is is, is manage the situation. So, uh, they have these things called beta blockers, which sort of reduce the speed of the heart to try and keep the heart in check because if it doesn't then you get high blood pressure so on and so forth. And to be honest, she was, she, she was given, uh, I heard from the husband that she was actually given two years to live but Allah blessed her with I think about uh, seven years or six years after that condition was diagnosed. So anyway, uh, Allah blessed her to live enough to see her, her two daughters grow up and I, I was there when uh, these children passed away. And obviously, no one can prepare... uh, Sorry, I was there when the mother of these children passed away. And there's no way you can prepare for this, my dear brothers and sisters. You cannot prepare for the situation. No matter how much reading you do, how much study you do, you cannot prepare yourself for the situation to, to, to meet two young girls who, you know, who have just lost their mother and had a close relationship with their mother. Uh, I was actually told by the community that the mother did everything for these children. There was such a great relationship, she would drop them at school, pick them up, do everything for these children, subhanAllah. You know, and uh, even when the mother became sick, uh, the child actually, one of the girls, the daughters actually said, subhanallah, but who's going to cook for me and who's going to uh, uh, come to me? In, uh, may Allah honor you all when I'm in the bathroom. This is how children think, you know, when I'm in the bathroom, who's going to come and clean me, right? These are children, they're innocent, subhanallah. So obviously these are, Allah, it brings tears to the eyes and sadness to the heart. As ha- what happened to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? Children are a mercy and the zeenah al dunya. They're from the treasures and beauties of of, of this life, right? But we should never let them swerve us away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we discussed earlier how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tested Ibrahim alayhi salam with his child. So, um, you know, Allah tested me by being one of those that uh, the news was broken to regarding uh, this particular mother passing away. Right? The, the doctor came out uh, looking for someone to speak to. And uh, obviously there were a few members of the family there, but the doctor somehow felt that he wasn't too comfortable only speaking to those there. And somehow he saw me, I don't know what it was, maybe it was the beard, maybe it was the thobe. Allah knows best. But the doctor asked me to come into the main room as well. And I, I felt that there's something, something very abnormal here. Allah, it's the first time I've ever had this experience. And uh, the doctor said, I have some bad news for you. Uh, so and so's uh, um, heart collapsed and I tried to resuscitate her, but it didn't work. I'm sorry, she's passed away. Subhanallah. Wallahi, I cannot tell you. You know, you know when, when, when they say metaphorically, like you've been in the ring with Muhammad Ali and you faced one of his his right hand punch, you know, punches, the punch that comes through. Subhanallah. You cannot prepare for this. The, the knock that I felt by hearing this. I mean, subhanallah. SubhanAllah, it's absolutely... It's a life experience. It's a life experience, right? And to be honest, the the, the girls, the daughters of this particular uh, person who passed away was outside. They were outside of the room. Now immediately, the mother-in-law went hysterical. Um, it's just natural shock and the females feel the shock more uh, the sister-in-law went hysterical immediately they started saying oh, you know how are you sure how could this happen oh my god what am I going to say to the sisters this is this is human reaction right and uh, Allah blessed me subhanallah at that moment this was all new for me as well but blessed me at that moment to just you know take control of the situation and I immediately uh, started saying la ilaha illallah loud la ma'abuda bihaqin illallah loud whatever Allah does he does good i started saying it very loud to speak over their voices and obviously my, my what i intended here was to get my message into their ears so that they could calm down and not say anything that would displease allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you know i thought about it after obviously we revise our 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 situation uh, afterwards like how did we because you want to be better Right, it's it's an abnormal situation, and I was actually revising it, and and I I thanked Allah and felt that it was guidance from Allah that I behaved in this way because obviously it's the first time, and um, obviously the first instinct that I had was to ensure that nobody said anything that displeased Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. So immediately, La Ilaha Illallah, Inna Lillahi Wa Inna Ilayhi Raji'un, and you say it in the English language because people don't understand Arabic. They might know Inna Lillahi Wa Inna Ilayhi Raji'un, but at that moment they're not feeling it. Right, so um, Allah inspired me in this moment to take control of the situation, and I started speaking, the, uh, uh, saying this in a, in a louder voice. And Alhamdulillah, they calmed down, and they just teared and teared and teared, and and, and then I, I asked them to to calm down, to wash their faces because of the two girls outside, not to let them uh, see them like this, because young girls will will sense something happened. Um, And then subhanAllah, they actually asked the doctor to go see this mother who's passed away. So the sister-in-law and mother-in-law went to see. And subhanAllah, you know, the heart monitor, it was beeping. It was it was actually beeping, uh, not a beep of somebody who's alive, but a beep of somebody who's passed away. So Subhanallah, out of shock, out of shock, the mother-in-law is actually saying, "Are you sure she's passed away? Look at that monitor, and so on and so forth." And the doctor then asked the nurses to switch off the the monitor. It's Subhanallah, wallahi, I have never ever. I'm not a medical doctor, so never even had to ever be in this particular scenario, right? Um, but the point to mention here is human nature that. The wrong thing to do would be to tell them don't cry. The wrong thing to do would be to tell them don't cry. The right thing to do is to harness the situation. Let them cry but not in a way that displeases Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In any case, later on what happened was the children, obviously these two young girls, subhanAllah, they came to find out that their mother passed away and immediately they started crying. Obviously, they never understood the, 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 the holistic meaning of passing away, but what they did know is they're going to miss their mother. And what happened was when I then arrived at the funeral home, I witnessed people stopping them from crying. I witnessed people telling them that if you cry, your mother's going to be hurt more and, and you shouldn't cry and your mother's going to be punished more. And SubhanAllah, I don't know where the... These uh, these these type of understandings come into people's minds and people's hearts and, and into communities. Where they start saying things which subhanAllah ma'anzallahu biha min Sultan. They say things which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala never revealed. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam teared for Ibrahim his son. Right? So uh, obviously, and the father was in shock, he was in his own world and he asked me to take care of the two girls. And subhanallah, I was tested by Allah now, now to be with these two girls. What do you say to two young girls? It's a first time situation for me as well. Well, I'm sharing with you a personal story and this is our last class before we go for a break and perhaps, you know, uh, it can help us throughout the few months. Um, what do you do? It's a first time situation, right? I am here with two young girls. And subhanallah, what happened was they were they had the iPad trying to remain uh, occupied. But they had pictures of their mother in the iPad. So I stepped out for a moment, I come back, I see them both crying. Uh, again, why? Because they're looking at pictures of their mother. And subhanallah, I asked Allah for guidance and uh, I felt that Allah really helped me. What I did was I went and sat down with them and I said, why are you crying? And they just smiled with tears, obviously. Uh, obviously they respect, they knew who I was, they had this respect for me, their parents were bringing them to my programs, or making them listen to my talk. So, and maybe their parents, subhanAllah, taught them uh, that, you know, this is someone who teaches about Allah and so on and so forth. So, so much respect, and والله, my heart was aching because they're hurting, but they still offered that smile, subhanAllah. And they didn't want to speak, but they were tearing. So I wiped the tears off their, their face, and I said, are you missing your mummy? You know. And I really felt this was guidance from Allah. Because what do you say? I said, Are you missing your mummy? And they nodded their heads, Yes. And I said, It's okay, you're allowed to miss your mummy. You're allowed to miss your mummy. It's a good thing that you miss your mummy. It means that you love your mummy, right? So every time you miss your mummy, it means that you love her. So never ever feel shy to miss your mummy. And if you want to cry, you can cry. Never feel shy of these tears, right? These tears mean that you love your mummy. Right, and 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 whilst I let them cry, I told them, So, you know, what did your mummy teach you? Did she teach you about Allah? They said, Yes. I said, Did did she teach you about uh Jannah? They said, Yes. I said, What did she tell you about Jannah? And then she they started speaking now. Oh, and it's amazing, children are so innocent. Wallahi, immediately they start their minds, you know, changed and the tears stopped flowing. And they said, Yeah, she taught us that Jannah has this and has that and has this and has that and then uh, um, I, I, I said did your mom want to go to Jannah and they said yes she wanted to go to Jannah I said did she want you people to go to Jannah you t- you two girls she said yes she wanted to go to Jannah and I said inshallah your mom has gone to Jannah you know that's where, where 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 she is right subhanallah and I'm just sharing with you the story because wallah it means a lot to me it was a it you know A lot of people think that, you know, you're a sheikh, so you're a mechanic, you're a robot, you're not a human being. And even this thing of saying you're a sheikh, wallahi... Uh, the Sheikh is the title alhamdulillah uh, if, if people acknowledge your knowledge through it, as I said uh, last week it 's not that you know you sheikh so and so it doesn 't mean that you have the title Sheikh that you you, 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 you have the reality of being one no it 's Alhamdulillah in our time we call people doctor, we call people lawyer, and if someone has been blessed to study Islam, then out of respect we we call them uh, sheikh but i 'm just Paraphrasing what one of the youth uh, who's in attendance here today, one of our young boys in attendance here today said, You know, Sheikh, the problem is the Sheikhs, they, 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 they're like superhuman beings. They, they come across with no emotion. Uh, we can't relate to them. And we, uh, so, you know, we go through difficulties in life and we don't think that they go through those difficulties and thus we don't have them uh, to take guidance from. And, um, Wallahi, maybe the advice of this young boy is getting to me. So I'm sharing with you something personal. That, you know, Me, myself, Alhamdulillah, with the knowledge that Allah has given me over the many years of study, over the many years that Allah has put me in a dedicated fashion in front of some of the best minds of our time, some of the best teachers of our time. Wallahi, I will be honest with you, nothing prepared me for the situation. Nothing can prepare you, you know, in in, in totality. Yes, you have some preparation, but nothing can prepare you in totality to hear from a doctor first hand that this person has passed away. And nothing can prepare you to deal with the aftermath. Uh, was of two young girls that were so close to their parents uh, and to their mother especially, right? So I'm sharing with you something personal that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala here I feel uh, inspired me and guided me towards telling them to cry and it's okay to cry. Uh, and, and the reason why I forcefully said this is because I know prior to this people were telling them not to cry. Now You don't want to do this brothers and sisters. You don't want to be telling children not to cry because if you do so they'll think it's bad. And if they think it's bad they won't do it in front of you. Because they're scared of you. So they'll do it in private. And if they don't have enough private time, then it'll just end up becoming something bottled and bottled and bottled. And then, they'll end up becoming people who are you know, insular. They only have comfort with themselves. They don't want to be with people. They want to separate from society. And this is not healthy for their development and not healthy for their progress and not healthy for their futures. So sometimes brothers and sisters, we should really, you know, educate ourselves. We've been talking about education in a large way. But even with regards to this, we should educate ourselves. Let's not speak things which we don't know. Because sometimes we can really uh, end up messing up an entire child's life because we gave them the wrong advice. Because we uh, dealt with them in a way that was not upon the ideal. Because we thought we knew too much and we didn't care to seek advice from a professional for example, right? So don't be a means towards messing and forgive the colloquial uh, uh, word here, messing. But I want you to just drive the point home. Right? That don't be a means of spoiling somebody's life, my dear brothers and sisters, right? Don't come about with things that ما أنزل اللَّهُ بِهَا مِنْ Sultan that Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala did not reveal. Right? Study the life of the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, see how he reacted to things and, 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 and understand that he is the perfect guide for us in everything. He teared Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam as an adult. So what about a child? What about a child, right? So anyway, this is just a personal story that I'm sharing with you to highlight this point that we are allowed to practice human nature because it's human nature, it's beyond us. If we try to subdue human nature, then we are making ourselves something else. It's from human nature to cry. It's from human nature to feel sad. But Allah will not hold us sinful for tearing, And for being sad. What Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will hold us accountable for is if we say and do that which contradicts what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not tell us you're not allowed to cry. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not tell us you're not allowed to be sad. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said you must not say that which is disbelief. And you must not act in a way as if you disbelieve. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best.